When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The T-Biz Podcast delivers a recap of the week's major T-News headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. T-Biz is the voice of origin for T-professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the T-Lands. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. In the black, holiday sales are surging. The CVC Capital pays $5.1 billion for Unilever's tea portfolio and a climate change adaptation essential to tea. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. Shoppers are exceeding expectations for the holidays. Consumer spending online rose 20% in the first three weeks of November, according to Adobe Digital Economy Index, which predicts a record $207 billion in e-commerce sales this holiday season, up 10% compared to 2020. The U.S. Census Bureau tallied $215 billion in third-quarter e-commerce sales, which now account for 13% of total U.S. retail sales. The National Retail Federation projects holiday sales will increase 8.5%, totaling $859 billion over the forecast period compared to 2020. Pre-pandemic U.S. holiday shoppers spent an average $874 on gifts and entertainment during the 2019 holiday season, a number that is expected to be exceeded in 2021. Americans will spend between $5.1 and $5.9 billion on Black Friday. Consumers appear to be heeding the advice to shop early. Toy sales are up 256%. Amazon reported a 12% surge in sales. And retail sales in October were 21.4% above their pre-pandemic level. The U.S. economy is now operating at 75% of normal, according to Forbes. Consumers say they are comfortable returning to malls. However, rising rates of infection and local lockdowns continue to dampen food service sales. Sales at restaurants except fast food and grocery deli counters remain below 2019 totals, and operators are now experiencing inflationary pressures and labor shortages. Spending at hotels and restaurants rose in the third quarter, 
as consumers say they are eager to dine out. Tea is prominent on the menu and popular, but until diners are seated again, sales will lag. Meanwhile, tea sales and grocery remain stable. Ready-to-drink tea is rebounding. Very few consumers include beverage orders with takeaway, but sales of iced tea at drive throughs have fully recovered. Business Insight Logistics is the retail Achilles heel. Department stores confirm that low inventory due to sluggish and in some clothing categories, moribund supply chains clobbered Nordstrom's, The Gap, Kohl's, and Macy's. Target and Walmart chartered a fleet of cargo ships to guarantee shelves will remain well-stocked, paying an enormous amount to bypass ship jams, only to encounter cross-country truck jams and local delivery delays. This year marks the lowest Black Friday discount penetration since 2016. Promotions are much less generous this year, down from 21% to an average 15% due to the unusually high cost of goods. Luxembourg-based CBC Capital Partners last week paid $5.1 billion to acquire legendary tea brands Lipton, PG Tips, Brook Bond, Lions, Bichelles, and Red Rose, as well as relative newcomers Tazo, T2, and Puka Herbs, culminating Unilever's year-long corporate carve-out. The deal follows a year of organizing Ectera Tea as a separate division an effort that involved 3,500 employees in 90 offices and factories and simplified the 150-year-old supply chain of tea gardens, tea processing, and packaging factories, as well as distribution facilities. A six-month transition is underway before the transaction closes in mid-2022. Bold, big-scale investments in tea companies are rare. Five years ago, Unilever spent a combined $500 million acquiring retail chain T2 in 2013, completing the roll-up in 2017 when it bought the Tazo brand and Puka Herbs. But these acquisitions were tactical and defensive, designed to stimulate revenue in light of a moribund black tea category by diversing an aging stable of legacy brands from Lipton to Lyons. The $5.1 billion deal announced by CBC Capital this week is 10 times greater, signaling an intent to revitalize and elevate the portfolio. Unilever spent the past year shaping the new corporate model for the large-scale production of sustainable tea but was unwilling to finance it. Ecotera's vision could only be realized if the corporate carve-out attracted aggressive bidding. Fortunately, it did. Finalists CBC, Capital, Carlisle, and Advent International each spent time and money evaluating the potential rewards for investors. The low bid of $4 billion demonstrates that independently, they agree that Ecotera is headed in the right direction. 
CBC's winning bid was 14 times EBITDA, a measure of the portfolio's basic contribution to Unilever's earnings. All three bids embrace the complexity of reimagining tea at scale. Insiders say CBC won the day with determination and grit. The Glasgow Climate Pact calls for doubling the developed world's investment in climate adaptations for poor nations. Farm-level mitigation is underway as tea gardens dig ponds to capture rainwater and plant trees for shade. But generalized weather forecasts focus on changes in average conditions and are of little help alerting growers to heat waves and frost. Africa has only one-eighth the minimum density of weather stations recommended by the World Meteorological Organization, leading to inaccurate forecasts and unreliable early warning systems. Kenya's government currently maintains only 22 rainfall stations in a country spanning 225,000 square miles. As it turns out, the gardens themselves are repository of great volumes of hidden weather data used by the University of Leeds to develop high-tech computer simulations capable of providing climate information that is both useful and usable for tea growers in Kenya and Malawi. The conversation explains that understanding what future conditions will be like is particularly important for tea growers because the tea plant has a lifespan of more than 80 years. Quote, that means it is critical to take decisions now that will continue to be sound in the future, like replanting with better and resilient cultivars, planting shade trees, and crop diversification, end quote, according to researchers. Business Insight In January, the Kenya Agricultural and Livestock Research Organization signed a two-year contract with Aware Inc. of Denver, Colorado. The contract permits them to monitor 6,787 virtual weather stations in Kenya that provide advanced weather data and analytics that support climate-smart agricultural decisions. Aware maintains 1.7 million virtual weather stations worldwide, according to CEO John Corbett. Arvinda and Antheraman in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending November 20th, 2021. Looking at the auctions this week, Kolkata saw good demand for CTC, Orthodox and Dusty. Hindustan Unilever was active for CTC, while Middle East was active for Orthodox. There were fewer outlots of CTC and dust. The quantity of Darjeeling's on offer this week was higher. Prices were up marginally. Guwahati also saw good demand with major blenders active. Hindustan Unilever was also active. Prices remained largely the same as the previous week. However, they're better than corresponding prices from 2019. In the south, Cochin saw better demand for orthodox leaf, with demand from domestic buyers. Comparison with 2020 prices, however, showed a decrease this year for sale number 46. In Kunur, CTC Leaf continued to see good demand, with fewer outlots. 
Also in Kunur, 244 kilos of green tea on offer sold for an average price of 200 rupees per kilo. And now, a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade understands that a successful tea blend goes beyond the creative fusion of appearance, aroma, and flavor. Our multi-award winning product development team is passionate about converting natural ingredients into sensory experiences that customers crave. Every recipe is formulated with a commercial backbone of dependable quality sourcing with a pricing structure that supports a safe, regulated, profitable, and scalable blend. Q-Trade meets every brand's retail, food service, and e-commerce need. For more information, visit our website, QTradeTees.com. This week, TBiz travels to Brisbane, Australia, where East Forged Tea co-founder Kim Cooper reminds us that the taste of tea is timeless. No sugar, coloring, or artificial flavoring is required. East Forge's innovation preserves the simple goodness of tea made conveniently available as a nitro-infused, cold-brewed iced tea in cans that pour a craft-like head of foam. And then to Boston, Massachusetts, to learn how Evie Chen, facing an 82% decline in food service sales of her signature cold-brewed tea, reformulated and relaunched online as a successful direct-to-consumer brand. Evie's story is the first in our resilient and resourceful series. East-forged teas are cold-brewed from organic whole-leaf green, black, and white teas blended with non-alcoholic low-sugar calamansi and yuzu juice. The teas are then packaged in cans with a shot of CO2 for fizz and nitrogen to add texture and a creamy head when poured. Let's talk today about innovation and the timeless essence of tea. What do you like most about tea? I love the taste of tea and the taste, it's, it's really clean and pure. Described frequently by tea drinkers as being very delicate and light, and I think if we can agree that this is the natural taste or the baseline of tea, you can then start to find real enjoyment um, in learning more about the plant, its nuance, complexity, mouthfeel, and the process by which it has been created. And these are all qualities that actually make other agricultural products and ingredients really appealing. But somehow it is just not bridged across to tea. And I think our perception and understanding of this taste has been largely shaped over the years um, by, by what we can access conveniently. In supermarkets, the, the food and drinks start to become um, dominated by enhancers, which then can, the taste appeals to a mass audience. And then you can also achieve commercial realities such as maximum shelf life. And by becoming accustomed to these sort of synthesised tastes, that are more developed in flavour houses and then enhanced by sugars and sweeteners that still go under the guise of being natural, they don't reflect anymore the original ingredients, clean and untainted taste. So it is actually quite a real challenge to find tea beverages, both in the hot and the iced tea aisles, that, that are this true representation of unadulterated tea. Kim, you said that you encourage a broad tea tasting experience 
So let's start with that. How do you interest consumers in tasting better tea? I think the, the, the best way is really to make it approachable and accessible, in my view. The goal of interesting people in tea is, is not necessarily to demand that their tastes are not refined enough. It's, it's about really trying to encourage people to be able to have a wider tasting experience. We can best interest people by drawing on some of the really simple and natural benefits of, of the tea taste and allowing them to enjoy it in that way. When I teach people or educate people on tea, it's just to take that first step and to pick up the cup and taste it and um, not have any predefined thoughts about what that should be um, before you sort of move on and then decide what you start to like, really enjoy a cold tea drinks. That mm. they're a long way from representing that natural taste. To, to really start to help consumers and introduce consumers, I think if we approach making tea beverages using a quality leaf tea, that meet a production standard that still retains that natural taste of the leaf. What I would love to see um, as we continue to introduce more of this natural tea language and, and expectation of taste, it's about reaching a point with tea where it may matter or we believe the tea drinking experience is being enhanced if we reach for a different type of tea, if we reach to a Japanese-grown Yabukita Sencha over an Australian-grown Yabukita Sencha, depending on how we're experiencing it, what we're eating it with, that tea experience is being enhanced in some way. Just as we might reach for something like a Granny Smith or the green apples here in Australia to create a baked apple tart over a, a red delicious apple, for, as an example, and this is as much about as understanding seasons and harvests that we see across all agricultural products that can be drawn into the world of tea. What is the best way to preserve the natural goodness of tea? Tanya, who's my co-founder in East Forged, and I, we have this strong belief as tea specialists that we want to leave the tea industry in a better way than what we left it. We're very uniquely positioned to solve the problem of this underrepresented natural tea taste in the iced tea market. We do use simple and natural ingredients. We use our wide network of tea growers and farmers that we've worked with over the years to source directly from them. And then we really minimally brew and preserve the tea plant and its most delicate properties to be able to continue delivering on that tea taste a mix of bringing the tea knowledge and the craft techniques in the Australia market. Craft beer is huge. What we love looking at in terms of any craft industry is, is sort of the techniques they're using to, to highlight the natural ingredient. So what we've then done, we've taken this simple and natural ingredient. We add just a small amount of fruit juice to elevate the flavour profile. We've played around with the gases that we use within our drink. So there's a small amount of CO2. We use largely nitrogen in our beverages to retain the best flavours of tea because each gas works slightly differently in the flavour profile. Um, but at the end of the day, it is still undeniably that taste of tea. And it's this really short ingredient list that highlights our East Forge difference. 
the brilliance in this short ingredient list is that it actually punches above its weight, I would say, in terms of the taste. And we do that by delivering a refreshingly social new style of craft iced tea refreshment that actually looks deceptively like a beer, completely non-alcoholic with the natural and health benefits that come with tea. East Forged here, we're we're very much about creating this new wave of ready-to-drink craft iced tea for, for tea drinkers that are really expecting that provenance of tea in every drop that they drink. And it's a cold brew that I think any sober curious person will be surprised that it's tea. The tea industry demonstrated its resilience during two years of disruption. But less is said about individuals overcoming pandemic-related obstacles and the resourcefulness of people who grow, process, and trade tea. To remedy that, TBiz is sharing stories of clever workarounds that exceeded expectations. In 2020, U.S. restaurants and food service sales fell by $240 billion, roughly 22% for the year, placing unprecedented stress on food and beverage suppliers. COVID lockdowns led to a surge in online transactions and altered long-established consumer buying habits that continue to impact the beverage industry. Everybody was freaking out, right? People were scared. People were binge eating. and they, so, so, so a lot of people's insecurities came out during COVID. But that's been my world for you know the past 10 years. I didn't have a lot to work with. I, mm-hmm. So I had to be resourceful being a woman of color, an immigrant, um, a younger person. I think that quality was just, was always there. And so COVID really brought in more of a focus and said, this is my, this is my game. I do this better than anybody else. So it really was to say, okay, now it's chaos. But within the chaos, where is the opportunity? And what kind of resources do I need to surround myself with? Listen, this is the hands down the hardest thing I've ever done. Everything I've established in the past 10 years, gone. Products gone, clients gone, people gone. I practically had to rebuild a company with not much money during COVID. Now, let's get granular. Starting from retail pricing, you want to keep your costs at 25%, right? So you have to keep your margin at a certain level. Then it's reverse engineering back in everything, right? So we do a APAC right now on Amazon and EVT.com. And uh, that's one single flavor. So for us, shipping costs exactly the same, whether you buy one or two packs. The math becomes very simple. It's not necessarily about cutting weight per se. It's about within that particular package, what kind of product and services you can provide to add on the value of that because your cost is fixed from a shipping perspective. Where we cut cost wasn't necessarily at the very end of shipping to consumers. It start is chasing all the way back to the beginning of supply chain and say, okay, the containers now cost you know 15 times more than what it was before. So how do we engineer within this map and say, Whose truck can we get on <laughs> that's already coming this way instead of hiring our own trucks? We got really, really creative 
we had to figure out a way to raise more capital up front and work out a contractual deal with our suppliers. So you lock in costs where you can control. So it's a lot of those very specifically, you know, tweaking the PL, tweaking the cog structure, tweaking the entire engineering within where, where it hurts the most. You described to listeners your innovation in brewing a base concentration to trim costs. We developed our own tea base. That is a concentration. It's one thing I'm the most I'm most proud of as, as a food scientist to scale the exact sensory experience of a craft tea with the stability, the shelf life, and everything you can imagine about being a larger manufacturer and capture the margin opportunity. So shipping less water, shipping it less often, make more of it at one go, and then just figuring out a way to stretch that supply throughout a year. Every single drop of it is heavy. I, I engineered it from the very, the, the very get-go. But from now on to us scaling to 100 million gallons, the, the product quality will remain consistent, exactly the same. And the sensory experience is just as, if not better, than when I made you a cup of tea at my tea bar. How will your rebranding and direct-to-consumer sales unfold in 2022? I'm not interested in capturing 10 million people next year. But, and that's a typical play, right? You raise a lot of money, you throw stuff against the wall and see which one sticks. And if it doesn't work and you move on, I would like to capture people and keep them um, and engage them. I want to keep that person as a, as a lifetime friend because this is a long journey for me. The velocity of how we work with our retail partners online and offline to really tell that story and say, improve a point of story-centric marketing works. I'm looking at it as sourdough starters. I am naturally feeding, this is the best tea and iced tea in the world, hands down. I don't have to sell them on that. All I need to do is to get the product to them and get them interested enough to taste it for the first time. It's a wonderful ingredient. It has a huge amount of history and culture and and humanity and story Mm -hmm. within. Why is tea, sugar, water, why are we only worth 20 cents a pound? Grapes can be sold for $140 a pound. It's not less labor intensive. It's, It's even more labor intensive, right? So... Why do we do all this work and, and still when we don't get the, the, the same value? And I realized the only difference is that we're not vocal, that we don't think we're worth it. Anybody that you talk to, any tea farmers, any distributors, anybody you talk to, the most humble human beings on earth, right? We're really nerdy. We're serious. We, we truly love this. But who is out there that's talking about it in, in, a, in a bigger platform? Who is listening? That's the work we've been doing and being putting in. We need to start figuring out how to tell the same story in a different way, in a shorter format, in a more heartfelt, emotionally filled format, in a more truthful format, and throw that against the wall against all the other big companies who are nothing but marketing. So I've got nothing but simply decided that I'm worth more. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage 
That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.